Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, everyone. Thanks for joining me on a Saturday. We have a lot of fun things to uncover and discuss today. Um, let me remind you all, this is the Armor Report. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. This is a show about quantum mental investing. It's a combination of quantitative execution using algorithms and computer strategies, and we combine that with a fundamental foundation. That creates alpha, and that's the information edge I share with you every Saturday. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to follow a bit of a different path, I think. I want to walk you through step-by-step what the market's doing, where we think it's going. We're going to back it up with some ideas. We're going to talk about precious metals. We have to, right? Because that's what's driving alpha in our portfolio and what I've been talking about for the last month or so, trying to get you on this silver bullet that's left the station, okay? Then we're going to talk about a couple of ideas that are on our whiteboard, some changes we made to our portfolios at the Armour Report, and then, of course, we'll get to questions and answers. So feel free to load up the message board as I go, and then at the end, I'll come back and we'll start going through it. So a couple of uh, programming notes, right? I don't know you. I can't possibly tell you what stocks to buy. Okay, I'm sharing with you 30 years plus of experience managing capital, both my own and for clients. We do this through our interactive brokers relationship right now. So anybody who wants to work with us can do that. Um, But what I am trying to do here on this show is put you on my shoulders. Okay, I want you to learn from my successes and my failures. All right. And hopefully make your experience as an investor more effective, and you'll see your net worth grow over time. So, obviously, if you enjoy this conversation, the thumbs up always helps me out. If you guys want to subscribe either to this channel, you can do it right down here in the description portion. I also have a website for you to go in a bit of a deeper dive than just once a week on Saturdays, and that's the armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com, right down here. Check it out. All right. Um, I wanted to start with a, a thought. I have a three-year-old daughter. Okay, I'm wrapped completely around her finger, and I think she knows it. This is a problem for me. <laughs> but she did say to me this morning um, something I wanted to share with you, because it just made me really think. We're laying on the couch. We're snuggled up. She just looks at me completely out of nowhere and says, Daddy, what's the difference between glitter and the sun? what's the difference between glitter and sunshine is what she asked me. And I just thought that was such a wonderful existential question. And kids are so great at making you look at things differently, seeing different angles, having thoughts you never had. And so how do I segue that into the stock market? Um, You've got to think a bit like that. You've got to see something and understand different angles to understand the stock market. It's not what you see at face value. It's not what they tell you on CNBC. It's not what you read in Wall Street Journal or Barron's. There's a slightly different angle you got to look at to understand what's happening. And I'm trying to help you do that here, the Armour Report. I'm going to share another thought with you, and I really want you to think about this throughout the rest of the weekend before you manage capital on your own next week. I'm going to come at you with some more philosophy, okay? And it's going to be a Nietzsche quote. Here it is. You ready? I'm going to read it for you. Many are stubborn in pursuit of the path they have chosen. Few in pursuit of the goal. Many are stubborn in pursuit of the path they've chosen. Few in pursuit of the goal. I read this to you because I want you to think about this. I've talked to a lot of guys in the Slack room, so we have an armor All Armor Insiders subscribers are part of a live trading desk all day with me, and we share ideas and thoughts. And a lot of questions have to do sometimes, and when I talk to clients and I speak to people I'm managing money for, they bring up questions of long-term investments. This is a long-term hold. And I say to them, 
How do you know it's a long-term hold? How do you know? The market doesn't care what you think. Okay? So your pursuit of the path is that you think the investments you're making are long-term investments. That's your path. But I submit to you the goal that you should be suing is protecting capital and capturing upside. That's the goal. Increasing your net worth, not the path that they teach you at university about investing. Diversification, build a long-term portfolio, right? All these things, these hackneyed phrases they tell you about how to run money, buy and hold, those are pathways. But what you should be focused on is the pursuit of the goal, which is increasing your net worth and protecting your net worth. That's what we're trying to do here, the Armour Report. All right. Um, I wanted to um, start off by taking a look, as usual, at the um, – At the S&P, all right? Well, that's not the S&P, but I'm going to share it with you right now, okay? I'm going to walk you through a series of charts to answer the question that I posed at the top of um, this description of whether or not the market um, is taking a break and rolling over or if it's going to continue higher, right? That's the real question. Why are you guys here on a Saturday listening to me? You want to know where the market's going next, okay? Okay, first of all, I don't know where the market's going next. I'll be the first to tell you that. So what I try to do is use intermarket relationships. I use chart patterns. We use algorithms to tell us what's happening next from the standpoint of probabilities. We recognize that we don't know what's happening next. We recognize this is a question of probability and statistics. Let's get on the right side of it. And if we recognize that that probability, even if we're right seven out of 10 times, we're going to lose money three out of 10. So the key is to identify those three losses immediately and protect capital so that we can reload and put money back to work at the next high probability entry point. Okay. So how do we do this? First, we look at the S&P. We use our algorithms on the top seven indexes. That's the S&P, the Dow, the small cap, the NASDAQ 100, Momentum index, the value index, and the IBD 50. Those seven drive our risk decisions. Let's look at the S&P. We're just going to look at that today. It's the biggest index, the broadest index, helps us see where the market's going. Sorry, guys. There. Okay. Now, what we have here is a risk on buy signal right in here, okay, where the green arrow starts. That was on the 29th. I told you all this during that Saturday meeting that we were getting long the market in an aggressive way. And we do it for five trading days. There's a five-day window to put money to work. Boom, boom, boom. And in fact, one, two, three, four, all five days, it was straight up. That's usually very bullish. Okay, now the market has been meandering higher, grinding higher, following the bottom trend line of this Andrews fork. Okay, so until this trend line is broken, Until we go below the moving averages, the trend is our friend, and we assume the market's going higher. We don't preempt. We don't get afraid and dump everything because the market has a couple down days. The risk monitor turned yellow right here on the 7th, which means we're not adding any new capital. We're just riding what we've got for all it's worth. We can take losses on stocks that hit stops and reap reinvest um, that capital, but we don't commit new capital at this point. Okay? So there's the trend line, and really there's nothing to see here. This is just a market that's going up with leadership that may be rotating, and I'll get to that a little bit later in the show. I'm going to show you some chart patterns that look very compelling and, and, and are different than the disruptive growth stocks that have been leading. And so perhaps there's a broadening out of the market coming. So the next step I want to look at for where the market could be going. So just to wrap up here, right? Guys, we're in an uptrend. Nothing has changed in that uptrend. Backing and filling during the week is a healthy thing. 
rotation out of some leaders into other names is a healthy part of a bull market. And so we have to wait to see how the market reacts next week. If it takes us out of stops, we raise cash. If it accelerates higher, we keep making a lot of money. That's all. This is an unemotional decision. But let's get a look to see if there's any guide to what may happen next. I like to look at VIX. And I like to thank, again, I haven't looked at VIX in a long time, but an Armor Insider during the Slack chat, and again, during the day, all Armor Insiders are logged in to the Slack chat, and we're discussing what's going on on the trading desk live as it happens. And so we began talking about the VIX, which for the longest time never did anything for me. But there have been some interesting developments in VIX, and so I've begun to follow it and, in fact, trade it. So we made money long VIX last week. I made money long VIX calls last week. Okay, and I used that as a hedge for the rest of the portfolio. But I digress. The point here I wanted to make is VIX is in a downtrend, and I want to look at the weekly chart for a minute. Okay, so VIX went below the, the low of this week. Right here, this big spike up was the week that the Fed, um, uh, the last Fed meeting where the market just imploded after the Fed meeting, right? And then immediately found support and ripped higher, okay? But that week was a huge up week for VIX. So as you could see in um, candlestick charting, this is what we would call a, a meeting bars, almost identical close to the prior week and open to the next week, um, and it reverses, okay? So if you close below this level, that would be very bearish for VIX, very bullish for the market. So we plumbed the lows, but closed higher, and I'm very curious to see where this thing turns next week. If we take out these lows, that would suggest equity prices are going higher. So... Taking a look now at the weekly chart, that's kind of messy because of all my... So let's go back to the daily. Okay? So based on VIX, if VIX takes out the lows, you would expect the S&P to be taking out the highs of the eighth. Okay? So we took out the highs of the eighth and we came back just like the VIX did. So let's watch those two and watch the interplay. Now, let's take a look at UUP. This is incredibly important. I think um, if you're not thinking about intermarket relationships, you're missing, um, you're missing a picture here. Okay, this is a major head and shoulders breakdown. Okay, the neckline is right here on the U.S. dollar. Maybe we'll change it red. Okay, you have a shoulder, a head, another shoulder, and a major breakdown. There's no way to pretend this isn't happening now. The U.S. dollar is losing value against a basket of currencies. Now, why, why is this important? Okay, there's intermarket relationship out there that's important for all investors to understand. Um, I don't care what the CPI number is. I don't care what the government tells you about whether or not there's inflation. The U.S. dollar is breaking down. Inflation is a monetary event, not an economic event. It's a monetary event. We have record low interest rates. We have, I think we saw this week, um, futures players are starting to price in negative interest rates. Um, we'll get to the bond market in a minute, just going straight through the roof. Corporate bonds, okay? The U.S. dollar is breaking down because of massive intervention from the Fed and massive stimulus packages. So as a student of the market, I'm going to share with you that if you go back through time and look at periods where countries had currencies that were in decline, asset prices were in a remarkable advance. And it's not hard to understand why. If you hold your dollars in a savings account collecting zero interest and the value, the buying power of those dollars is going down. You logically take money out of that zero interest rate savings account and start buying hard assets. You buy equities. 
You buy gold and silver. You buy real estate. People are buying boats like crazy right now. Okay? So this is a big picture conversation. It doesn't mean the market can't break down next week. It certainly can. It certainly can. We'll go to cash. We'll look for the next entry. Okay? But from a big picture standpoint, take a look at this chart again. The U.S. dollar is breaking down. What are you doing with your assets that are sitting collecting zero interest rates as the price of the, of the currency you're holding is breaking down? Okay? That's going to be an underpinning for the stock market if that continues. All right, now let's just go look at junk bonds for one last piece of the puzzle. First of all, this is the uh, index that the, uh, that, the, that, the, that the Fed is buying, okay? This is not normal behavior, by the way. This is like walking straight up. This is corporate bonds that are just walking straight up because everybody knows the Fed's buying corporate bonds. So corporate bonds are making all-time new highs. It's not hard to understand why equities will probably follow. Now, look, look. I'm sharing with you my opinion of what I think the market's doing. I don't know what the market's going to do next week. The whole thing could break down next week, and I will be raising cash. Okay? Become an Armor Insider. Join me in the Slack room. You'll find out what I'm doing while it's happening during the week. So I, I, I'm sharing with you on the weekends what I think's happening. Then we read and react during the week. That's the Armor Investing way. Three stages build the whiteboard of our fundamental ideas, right? Use algorithms to execute. The second stage is execution. And the third is risk management. We use raise stops and trail stops so that my narrative, my ego doesn't get in the way of protecting my capital. That's the caveat to this conversation. I'm showing you charts that suggest the equity market should go higher. If that doesn't happen, it won't mean I'm sitting there holding the bag, and neither should you be. We've got to use our stops to protect us. Going back to this picture, though, bond market, corporate bonds just melting up. And now here's the last piece of the puzzle for me. So the market last week looked like it was struggling at the end of the week. We saw some big cap stocks selling off, Microsoft on earnings, Netflix on earnings, other names going down, Intel collapsed, Okay. IBM had an earnings announcement, and you know, nobody uh, apparently paid attention to it. It looked like a good number, which begs the question, if IBM announces a positive earnings number and nobody hears it, did they actually ever announce anything? Um, but look, see, corporate bonds are in a complete skyrocket, but junk bonds usually follow equities a little bit closer. And look at junk bonds closing at the high of the week. They're closing at the high of the week. Okay, so what I think is happening here, and now I'm going to show you the rotation. So the triple Qs last week obviously sold off from their highs. Okay, so the leadership took a break. And IBD 50, computer will catch up to me. The IBD 50 also took a break. All right, I'll tell you what. Oops. Here's the IBD 50, okay? So not much of a break from the, this is the, 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 what I would call disruptive growth stocks. They're just building a base in here. Nothing wrong with these stocks. Nothing wrong with the triple Qs taking a break. So the question is, will that lead the market lower or is there rotation? So I submit to you that high yield junk is suggesting there's a rotation coming, not a breakdown. And the rotation, look at that chart and now look at the small cap index looks very similar. Okay? The value index. Not so good, but kind of similar. But clearly, HYG is leading. Okay? So that wraps up my thought now on market direction. Okay? Um, let me skip over to precious metals, and then we're going to get to... Um, couple of stock charts. I'm just going to share with you stocks that I think are moving. Um, what the heck? Why don't we do that right now? And then we'll finish on precious metals. Okay. So look at the rotation we see. 
Netflix announces earnings, stock sells off, right? Microsoft announces earnings, stock sells off, okay? We're not even going to look at Intel because that's not really a leader to begin with. But where's the money rotating to? Thanks to Miguel and Armor Insider, put us onto this idea right here at the end of the day Friday. Look at this cup and handle base on target. Okay? Looks like it's about to break out. Right? Look at the explosion in AMD. Beautiful cup and handle base explosion. And of course, part of that is at the expense of Intel, which had a negative announcement. But look at that semiconductor stocks continue to lead, right? A couple down days means nothing. They're just right on the uptrend, okay? Um, Micron making a nice pennant formation. You know, down on Friday, that's okay. Nice pennant formation. Money's rotating, guys. Here's a recent position in Armour Portfolios. Perfect tight pennant breakout for Home Depot. Stock's going higher. Take a look at XHB, a home building index. Home builders are on fire. Money's rotating. And that is a positive thing for the stock market. Now, look, if the big cap, you know, tech stocks crash, okay, everything might come down for a week or two. It's possible. But if they just rotate, so they have a couple down days, then they bounce, and they kind of build a base and go sideways after an enormous two-month run, and money rotates into home builders and you know anything related to real estate type of names, all these kinds of stocks start to move higher, value stocks go up. That's just a nice bull market. And if that coincides with the VIX breaking down and junk bonds breaking out, that's a recipe for a continuation of the mechanical bull market. Okay? If that happens, we'll be on it. If we hit our stops, we'll raise cash. Now let's look at precious metals real quick because um, it doesn't get any better than this. Okay? Here's silver. And I, I assume you're all with me on this by now. Okay? So the last couple of weeks, maybe for the last month or so, I've been saying to you that the silver bull market hasn't even started yet, okay? And then last week, I showed you this chart, and I said, the silver bull is about to begin, question mark, okay? So today I write to you, the silver bullet has left the station. It's a complete runaway. Take a look at gold just to get an idea of it's not at the expense of gold. Gold's been leading. This is phenomenal action. And let me tell you something, guys. It gets back to that breakdown in the U.S. dollar. That is a major breakdown. Look at this in the U.S. dollar. It doesn't get more obvious than that. So among all the other reasons why I've been sharing with you that gold and silver are the place to be to build alpha in your portfolio, now you have to add the U.S. dollar breakdown as more fuel to that fire. Tell me you're with me on this, guys. Every Armor Insider is on top of this. I hope you guys are with us and enjoying this run. Now, what's going to happen going forward? Who knows? Okay? It's crazy. Short squeezes get crazy. If you don't believe me, take a look at this. Okay? Last time we had a run like this, it was 10 months of a skyrocket, right? From 20, from 17 and change up to $55. What was the high there? Somewhere around there. $50 maybe? $50. Okay? So we've just left the station here. And now number one, you better not be asking me, can I go buy it now? Please don't be asking me that, right? I've been preparing you for this for a month. So you should be making money on this asset already, right? The armor investing way is to buy weakness in the midst of strength. 
It's not to chase blowouts. Okay? So, what's happening here on silver? Well, I shared with you that last week that coming into the end of the month, we have a 38 cent spread between the expiring contract for silver on July 31st and spot, which would never happen unless there's some short squeeze coming. People don't believe they can get spot delivered so they can deliver against the contract. Otherwise, they would be shorting the contract, selling the contract and buying in spot and closing up that spread. Okay? They're not doing it because they don't believe they're going to get the metal in spot to deliver and then they'll be on the hook. That was the key piece of information the last few weeks that let us know a blowout was coming in silver. Now there's something strange going on in gold. It's in backwardation for the next couple of days, which is bizarre. It's the opposite. Gold almost never goes into backwardation, and it probably won't once this contract settles. But there is a definite concern out there in the precious metals that you won't collect what you need in the spot market to deliver. Okay? Now, those of you who have been following me for months, those of you who are Armor Insiders know that at the end of each month, I always say to you, we usually get weakness in the metal because of OPEX. OPEX is Monday. It'll probably create some weakness. It may not this time, right? If we're in the midst of a short squeeze, it may just skyrocket. I, I don't know. But I want to have some fun with you guys today and say this is great, and we knew it was coming, and so it created massive alpha in our portfolios this week. Hopefully it did yours. But we also have to you know, manage our enthusiasm. And so one way to do that is a great look. I want to thank Chris, another Armor Insider, for putting this into our Slack room. I'm going to share this with you. Take a look at our uh, Slack chat board, okay? And Chris put this picture in here. So as you can see, last time silver exploded from 17 up to 49.82 at the peak, there were multiple 10% pullbacks along the way. So you had a skyrocket, and yet you still had to suffer pullbacks of 10%, okay? So we have to expect that behavior. Don't get surprised, guys. Don't get surprised. Don't get surprised if you have a sell-off in silver and start thinking this is the end, okay? This isn't the end. It'll be a normal sell-off in an overall uptrend, okay? This is also why we don't chase if you want to add the positions, you wait for the sell-off. Then you pick it up, okay? So take a look at this just to put it in perspective. And thanks again to Chris who put this in the room. So here are the other silver moves, 1971 to 74, 76 to 80. You can look at the colors, right? 2003 to 08, 2008 to 11, which is this red move right here. Right, the biggest move is 76 to 80. Okay. And now here we are in 2020. It's right here. Can you guys see this? It's just started. <laughs> it's just started. Okay. So do I run out there and add more? Do we do that today? No, we don't. I think we're all on the same page there. We don't run out and do that immediately. You want to keep some powder dry if you, if you, um, have not invested in silver yet, I'm not sure why if you've been watching this channel, but perhaps you're new, that I say you don't chase it. What you do is you wait for that pullback of 5 to 10%, and that's where you take your shot. In the meantime, if you have large exposure like we do right now, you know, armor portfolios, how do you create alpha? You find the right group, and you take a nice large exposure to that group. Okay, so anywhere between... 35 and 45% of armor portfolios are long precious metals, right? So it's just driving our performance along with all the other things we're doing, okay? So what we might do is trade around the core. We might take some pieces off when it gets completely out of hand and then have some 
firepower when we get that 5 to 10% correction to put the position back in. We might, okay? If we want to just sit back and relax and watch it run and trade less, then we just use our moving averages, 14-day, 25-day, 50-day, depending on the stock and the performance and all these different things. If you're an Armour Insider, just call me if you want, and we can talk about which index I'm using. But um, anyway, that's how we're going to handle that. So enjoy the ride. Don't chase. Be ready to pick up more on pullbacks if you see them. Now, questions. Um, I know before I get to your questions, I know guys were asking me about um, Sprott Physical Silver, PSLV. There was not an announcement. It, it was a shelf offering of $1.5 billion to buy silver, which would be 8.8% of the global supply every year. So you guys, a lot of people weren't sure what that meant, and it was reported incorrectly on the internet. No surprise. So let me make this very clear, okay? Um, those types of funds, Sprott funds, those types of funds, they always have a shelf offering out there. They'll expire and they put a new shelf offering out there, which allows them to acquire um, metal at advantageous prices when necessary. One way to explain it right from the mouth of Eric Sprott is that if there's more people buying Sprott physical silver and it needs to be created, the, um, the way the product works, the, I guess the market maker, if you will, will sell the extra silver and then Sprott physical has to buy the silver to create it. Okay. So that doesn't happen in chunks of, you know, 1.8, 1.5 billion. It just happens normally. So that's a shelf offering. It's always out there. And when one expires, they put another one out there. It doesn't mean they're about to buy $1.5 billion of silver. Okay. So, um, they may use up that shelf faster than normal. Maybe that shelf might take a year or two under normal circumstances, and maybe now it takes three to six months. We, we don't know. But the more demand, the faster they'll use up that shelf. But it's not um, a negative for, for current shareholders of PSLV, and it's not like some wild positive that they're going to start, you know, buying up all whatever supply and squeezing the shorts. That's not what's going on, okay? Um, let's see. Um, couple of thoughts also on this bull market in uh, gold and silver. We're seeing the London fixes um, um, having sequentially higher fixes, which is not normally the case. So we believe what we're seeing here in precious metals is a shift from a paper-driven market that has been manipulating the metals for over a decade to a physical market, okay, where paper becomes more and more irrelevant as people realize the paper doesn't have real assets behind it, okay? And in a world where you look at that chart of UUP and a collapse in that currency, U.S. dollars, probably other currencies will be going down at the same time, maybe just not at the same rate. You get a demand for physical, and you get a repricing of physical. That's the bull market we're in in the metals. And we can see that starting to happen with the London fixes going to sequentially higher levels, which in the past you would see lower fixes. Even if, the, even if the price was going up, it would fix lower on the paper market, shenanigans, and then trade higher. But now it's fixing higher. Let me tell you something. If you're short, you're scared out of your wits when that starts happening. Okay. Um, also, I don't want anyone ever uh, uh, telling me or asking me, I mean, you can do it if you want, and I'll, I'll be kind. But um, technicals and overbought readings mean absolutely nothing in a short squeeze. Okay, even in a strong bull market, I've seen things be overbought for months. Okay, so don't worry about the guy, you know, on YouTube talking about a top in the metals markets because they're overbought. That guy's been saying that for a couple months, and he's getting blown out of his positions if he's short. So, um, you, you look, I don't, and quite frankly, I don't ever use um, those types of indicators in any of my algorithms to predict what's going to happen next because something's overbought. That is a, let me tell you something, the most important thing, one of the most important things about investing it's cutting your losses quick and riding your winners as hard and as long as possible. 
And if you're using an overbought reading to get you out of your positions, you're seriously hampering your ability to build net worth. Go do the research on your own. Go back and back test manually. Look at it. The biggest moves you'll see, geez, they stay overbought forever. Okay. So anyway, those are my thoughts on metals. Let's get to the Q&A, guys. All right. Those are my thoughts on metals and the market. Hopefully, you guys are all ready for Monday. Now, let's see what we can look at here. Um, Q&A. Okay, Mark's asking me about AGEN and CENX. Spec play, is it? Take a look. AGEN. Take a... Okay, AGEN. Uh, no, no interest in that. Don't even, I don't even know that company, so I can't help you on that. Um, I'm not looking at small cap infectious disease companies. If I, that, that's like a, that's like a football. Oh, let me say this. I'm glad you asked me about this stock though, because it reminded me of this. Um, Armor portfolios. We raised cash right out of the biotechs for right now. We're not long biotechs or pharmaceutical in a time where Donald Trump is deciding to beat the war drum on um, drastically reducing drug prices. If we're going to hear that all the way up to the election, that may put a top into these stocks for now. Long term, I don't think it has an effect. I'm watching biotech. It's at the top of my whiteboard. I'd love to buy it back. But um, when you have a president running for re-election who's decided to, to um, suppress drug prices to get voters, uh, it's going to be hard to make money uh, in, in that arena, at least in the short term. Now, that could be wrong. If they set up again and take off, I'm wrong, you know, and perhaps I'll buy them back. But for now, I had to take a break uh, and, and think about that one. Also, you guys um, have known me for a while to be a, um, an owner and a lover of Slack, symbol work, W-O-R-K. Okay, we do not own this stock anymore. All Armor Insiders know we sold this, um, I think it was on Wednesday, um, Early in the morning Wednesday, actually, we got out of it immediately when it broke below the 50-day moving average here. And the reason we did that, well, first of all, it was violating a stop, but we sold it early in the morning, which we don't normally do. And we did it, um, so we sold it like 31 and three quarters or something. The stock closed the day, um, closed the week at 29.72. The reason we did it, and I explained this to Armor Insiders on the um, Slack trading desk while it was happening. So insiders, bear with me. I just want to <clears throat> share this with everybody who's watching. The company announced that they were suing Microsoft and the European Union over unfair business practices. Now, on the one hand, you could say, well, that's just the right thing to do because, you know, um, Microsoft is bundling teams and it's unfair. But the reason I immediately exited the position when it hit the stop is that I think Wall, the management of this company has been telling Wall Street that Microsoft is not a competitor, that they can beat Microsoft at their own game, and that the total addressable market, the TAM, is big enough for both of them, and there's just unlimited upside. So then why do you go out there and sue them in the European Union? I, I, I don't understand that. And so I have to take that off of the top of my whiteboard. It's on the whiteboard. I love the company. I don't understand that move. It makes it sound like they're having trouble competing with Microsoft in Europe. And perhaps that will mean they'll have trouble competing in the U.S. I don't know, but that's what it sounds like, and that's why we sold it. All right, next question. Um, oops. CENX. Um, nothing for you there. Aluminum wire, nothing for you. Wire and cable. Can't help you on that one, my friend. Century aluminum. All right. I mean, I guess what you could say to me is the relative strength is 95 and it's breaking out of a tight pennant after a huge downtrend. And if commodities are going up, do we want to own aluminum? Maybe you could argue that, you know, you could argue that for my money, I'd rather own silver and gold. So it's an opportunity cost of money. I mean, how much money do I want to have in, in a, in a metal? I'd even rather own palladium and platinum brought physical palladium and platinum 
look at that thing break out. I just don't have the, the money for it. But I mean, palladium and platinum is going through the roof. So maybe CENX will work. Maybe it's not a bad idea. Okay, so um, Mark Anderson, work at current price. All right, so I just answered that question, Mark. I just answered your question on work. Out of the stock, don't own it, not going to be buying it here. Don't know why they made that announcement. Um, Mr. Vogel, Brett, have you ever had a losing year? If so, when? Best year, average year. Clarence, I mean, come on, man. Everybody loses money, you know? I'm not going to rattle off my years for you. Everybody's different, you know? Um, Truth be told, this year is probably the best, if not one of the best years of my career, okay? So some years, the market gives you an opportunity to outperform. Other years, it was just passive investing, and it was hard to beat the market average, right? So over a blended, you know, uh, um, view over a long period of time, if we follow these strategies, net worth increases, and we protect capital during downturns, and that's how you manage money. So how much I'm up or down, I mean, you know, I'm up a lot this year, right? I mean, I took huge positions at the bottom of the market, right? We went to 100% cash at the top of the market. That's not going to happen every year, right? So you have to get while the getting's good, and then you have to manage the success and protect capital in years where you got to do that, okay? So it's a great question to ask me because – Success in the market is a function of the market you're given. If you're in a massive bear market that lasts for nine months, I'm going to be holding cash a lot of that period. So my relative outperformance is going to be big. Let's just look at the February time, February, March time period. We dropped about 5% off the highs and the market was down like 30 or 40%. So alpha was enormous for us, but we were still down 5% off the highs. Now, what if the market never rallied and just sat there the rest of the year? Well, I would be down 5% maybe off the high, but dramatically outperforming the averages. And then whenever the market turned, we'd be long for the move that we're getting. As it just so happens this year, it happened in like a microcosm, a collapse in two months and a rip higher in two months. And so it's made for an enormous year. But anybody tells me, anyone tells you they don't have bad years or shows you an uptrend that's like this in the stock market is lying to you. The key is to limit those, quote, bad years and look at them from an angle of alpha, right? So if you're only up 3% for the year, but the market's down 6 guess what? You had a good alpha year. All right. Um, Hello, Jets. New York Jets. Hello, Brett. Okay. Okay. Shorting the market for a hedge. Would it be a hedge for when gold and silver miners fall if the market rolls over? Okay, that's a great question. Would shorting the market be a hedge? Would shorting the market be a hedge for gold and silver? Um. I'm going to say, I don't know the answer to that. And that's not how I hedge my gold and silver positions. So I'm along our favorite gold and silver positions, which you can see when you log into the armor report, if you're an insider, you'll see the stocks that we own. So we're long what we think are the top tier best names with the best reserves in the best parts of the world. And we short GDX throughout the week to hedge risk. In fact, we had a big week this week shorting GDX. Believe it or not, we actually had a big week this week shorting GDX. We had had one big day, right? So we shorted it like maybe three of the five days this week. We were short for an hour or so during the day. And one of those three days was a huge success, which we booked the profits on. And then these things close higher at the end of the week. So if you want to hedge precious metals miners, you hedge by shorting GDX or going long DUST, dust. 
But it's not easy to do that, my friend. It's not easy. It requires massive discipline and uh, impeccable timing. Okay? So I would not recommend it to most people watching this show. Shorting. Hi, Brett. Um, Southeast of 99. Um, is cannabis still... <laughs> is it waking up? Ah, cannabis, you know. The bane of my existence. I really thought they were going to start running, particularly if small caps go higher. Um, but, you know, not the best week in these names. Whoops, I keep doing that. There, I mean, there's, there's a canopy growth. Can't get above the 50-day moving average. You know, so just hibernating. Just hibernating. 16 days to its next earnings announcement. I guess that's going to be the key. I think we're going to have to hold this thing through earnings to see what happens. And if it's a bad number, it gets wrecked again. But if they're able to say they're turning the corner in any way, in any way, the stock goes up, you know, so it's going to end up being a gamble. I think um, Afria continues to be my favorite name in the space. As you can see, it's dramatically outperforming. And in four days, it announces earnings. So we're going to start to get a picture. If Afria's number is good after having good number the last time, you know, this thing will start, you know, might start moving higher. We'll see. And of course, Kronos is lagging behind in third place, getting nowhere. Okay. I know Organogram had a god-awful quarter, so it doesn't bode well for the rest of the guys. But even that stock is not going much lower. So from a risk-reward standpoint, it seems like the risk-reward's right to own the names. But please, be, please understand, you're taking risk when you're going into earnings. You know? And for some investors who don't want that risk, there's nothing wrong with not owning these stocks until they respond positively to earnings. I don't care if you pay 20% up for it. If the company says, we just blew out the number and things look great going forward, these stocks will start going up and they'll go into an uptrend that lasts for a long time. So you don't have to sit down here, you know, trying to figure out when the heartbeat is going to start, you know, popping up on the screen again. So depending on the type of investor you are, you could take some risk in front of earnings because it looks like these stocks don't suffer that much when the number's terrible, which means if they ever come out with a decent announcement, the stock should run. But if you want to be conservative, you just stay out of this game until, until you start to see good numbers, because there will be so much upside for a long period of time. You don't have to be the first one there. That's my thought. Um, NGD and uh, MUX. So you can certainly go down the, the list now of um, small cap and mid cap metals companies, but <clears throat> it's just not how we like to invest, right? So we're in the leaders. We're in the biggest names. Um, I used to really like McEwen Mining, but haven't been there in a long time. Um, you know, New Gold, these are dollar stocks. Look, if this thing gets out of hand like we think it will, these stocks will go up a lot. But to, to, to me, it's about, you know, the armor report is risk management. It's about managing my risk. I need liquidity and I need leadership for me to put money to work. I don't like to chase tiny stocks with no liquidity, betting on a continuation. Uh, you know, it just doesn't, that is not the armor investing way. So I wish you the best of luck. I'm not telling you not to do it. Go do your own thing, but you're not going to see me doing it. Okay. Eileen, thank you very much. Give me a like. Hit the like button if you've enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Um, on the PM train. Why is that hidden? Let's see. What about BNGO? Oops. BNGO. Can't help you there. I don't work on these tiny uh, micro stocks. Good luck with that one. Um, is NAK a call? Okay, NAK. I'll take a look at that one. Northern Dynasty. All right. It goes in the same category as McEwen and New Gold. I'm just not messing with these small names, guys. 
I'm not saying you can't do it. It's just not for me. Tech Monkey, morning, Brett. Thank you for clearing up the PSLV6 question. You're welcome, and thank you for bringing it to my attention. I didn't even see it, so I was glad you um, asked me that question. Anyway, guys, if I don't get to all these questions or you think about something during the week, you can always come back to this video and write a question in. I'm checking it constantly, and I'm answering them. So that's exactly what Tech Monkey did this week. He put a question in the last, I think it was last Saturday's video, and asked me the question. I could do research on it and cover it at this meeting. Rob says, amen, LOL. Not sure what that was for, but I'm with you. <laughs> All right, thoughts on SIL and GROW. Global silver miners. You know, it's an ETF on silver. I mean, my, I think my thoughts are clear there. I think silver is going a lot higher. I'm not buying this stock here, and I'm not chasing any of these names. But it's, a, am sure, a decent ETF. I haven't looked inside of it recently, but not a bad way to play it. Um, for me, I'm going to own particular individual silver stocks, and I own silver directly. And I would use the ETFs as a hedge. That's how I'm doing it. So I might short this asset if I think silver is going to be, you know, down for a day or two. But that's just me. I'm not saying you can't do it. If you own it, and that's the only silver play you own, that works great. Um, I don't have anything for you on U.S. global investors. Advisory service, mutual funds, $3 stock. Not for me, guys. Not for me. All right, Brett, what are your thoughts for the EV market stocks? All right, well, um, I'm so glad you asked me this because I want to know where is um, where are all the uh, cheerleaders on Nicola now? Where are you guys? I don't hear anybody chirping to me now about how great Nicola is. Okay, I wouldn't buy it before and I wouldn't own it now. All right, Tesla is lightning in a bottle. And I don't think you catch lightning in a bottle twice. And I think the CEO in the cola is a joke. That's just my opinion on an impression. All right. Now, there's other ones. Um, there's other names that we could take a look at. I mean, I think Tesla itself, if I had, if I had the ability, if I, I don't know, man, I don't know. Um, I looked at this the other day and I thought to myself, oh my God, I should be buying puts on this asset. I just don't understand how Tesla stock is trading at this level. And this looks like a classic top that's been put in. Massive doji stone, huge reversal days, all on volume. So my guess is these stocks, if they're all following, if EVs are following Tesla, then they're all going to retrench. And we'll have to look at them again after they have a sell-off back to the 50-day, and then maybe it's something worth investing in. But I'm not chasing these stocks now. Um, PLM. PLM. Nope, not on my radar. Nothing small like that. What do I think of AMC? Monkey, AMC. And C N K. So you're you're asking me about these entertainment, you know, cinemas opening up at some point. Um, you could put them on your whiteboard. They're not the type of names that are going to go on my whiteboard. And the first place I'll go for money like that is going to have to be Disney. But even Disney's not working out right now. So you know, the leadership will be Disney. It's in the Dow. The Dow's going up. That'll drag up Disney if there's any reason for Disney to go up. And if we can make money on Disney, then maybe you could start searching those other smaller names. But I, I wouldn't mess with them here. Okay. Um, I've answered the question on Afria. I think it's the best company. We'll see what their earnings report is. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. You can own Sprott. That's a great idea. Who came up with that one? Jason Roberts, SII is the Sprott funds. I mean, we own all the Sprott funds, so that's not a bad idea, right? Look at that chart. 
blowing out. But I just don't like the asset gatherers. I don't buy those stocks. You know, I just have other places I'd rather put money. And I'm certainly not chasing chart patterns like that, right? We buy weakness in the midst of strength. We don't chase strength. Which software platform do you use to manage your stock portfolio? Thank you. Asking TechMonkey. What software platform do I use? Um, this, what you're looking at right now, is William O'Neill. It's called MarketSmith. Um, the other charts you're looking at are TradeStation. I use TradeStation charts. And, of course, I manage all my own personal capital and um, capital I manage for investors through interactive brokers. So I guess those are the three platforms that I'm using. Okay. Um, Jasmine, how are you? Glad you could join us. What do you do if you believe gold price would reach 4,000 an ounce in November or December of this year? <laughs> I always love where your head is, you know? I always love it. Strategies like call options, current on report positions, um, or something else. Thank you. All right. First of all, rein it in. Rein it in, Jasmine. Okay. I don't think you invest based on an assumption that you might get $4,000 gold by November. We have to manage risk, right? We, we, the armor report, the armor investing way, it's about buying weakness in the midst of strength and then riding those successes as long as we can. We don't pyramid up. We don't chase things because we think that something might go to 4,000. The market doesn't care what we think. I'm sorry to say it. So I have to offer a thought of managing enthusiasms. Do I think it's possible? I don't think, I mean, what do I know? What do I know? What does anybody know? We're in a short squeeze. They could go a lot higher. So I'll just go back to my comments before. If you're going to add to these names, you have to add on weakness. Next week, we have OPEX. Usually, things get weak during OPEX. So maybe we'll get some sell-offs Monday and Tuesday. You could put positions on if you, if you want to. I mean, armor portfolios are already loaded to the gills with metals. I mean, I'm not going to put 100% of my portfolio in metals. It's as, it's as big as I can possibly get it right now. So, and it's been like that since the end of March, early April. So, I'm just riding the success. You got to control the greed aspect. Um, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be buying calls. I, 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 you know, I can't, you know, maybe I look, you're an armor insider and maybe what we should do is chat one-on-one -on -one and take this off of here. Okay. So as an insider, you got that right to call me, you know, give me a call. You can call me today when this is over. I'll be at the desk for another hour or so. Okay. Or we could talk on Monday. Let's move on from there. Grow Gen. I love it, Tech Monkey. It didn't have a great week, but I love it. Okay? You know I love it. It hasn't been taken out of the portfolio yet. Okay? As long as it stays, you know, above that 50-day moving average, probably we're going to stay long this position. But, I mean, there's the pennant that it formed. It broke out and reversed, kind of, and, you know, not the greatest weekly chart pattern. Right? Right at the bottom of its weekly graph. That's pretty, pretty not what we wanted to see. So, while I love the company, we still have stop losses. If the stops are taken out, we'll go to cash and we'll look to reload. But right now, we're still long the position. Why so much insider selling in, in, in grow, grow Works? You know, I never, uh, Southeastern, I never care about insider selling. Insiders sell for all kinds of reasons. First of all, they haven't had a chance to sell until right now, where they finally did a secondary. You know, they've been, they've been locked up in that stock for years as they built a company. They're diversifying their assets. Somebody gets divorced and they have to sell. You have no idea why they're selling. Now, I do care. I do care about insider buying. There's only one reason an insider buys. He thinks his company's doing great and it's going to go higher. Okay? But insider selling doesn't really tell me anything. You know, in retrospect, you might come back to me and say, oh, my God, the stock dropped and we knew it because they were selling. And I would still say to you, I didn't know it. I could show you hundreds of companies with insider selling as the stock skyrocketed, okay? Um,
I answered you. SII, Sprott. William Davies, Sprott. SII. Looks good to me. All right. Oh, you I said thanks. Okay. Last couple of questions, guys. Um, I know it's against the armor way, but I still have a good research about EOG, AG, and HMY. Good. I, Doc, look, man, go own the stocks you want to own. Okay. My only point about the Armor Insider Way is you should have bought them two months ago. You should have bought them a month ago. You should have bought them two weeks ago when I was telling you a short squeeze is coming. Hopefully you did. And those names will be fine. Those names will work. Right? I'm just, I wouldn't run out there and chase it now. All right. What are your thoughts on, oh, yeah, Limelight Tech. Yeah. Um, Daniel, I looked into that company. There was actually an Armor Insider who was asking me that question last week. Um, well, they just did the secondary. So on the one hand, um, I like, um, whoops. Um, I like, um, I like buying stocks after they've done secondaries and the stocks come down on the weakness. So there's the chart pattern. It's come from eight down to six. So that's a nice move in there. Um, and the question is, you know, does it set up a chart pattern that makes us want to buy it? I have to do some more research. I, I don't, uh, I don't really love the management team. I'll be honest with you. That's just at first glance. I was on a couple of conference calls. I, I, I didn't love it. So for me to get long the asset, I'm going to have to do some more work and, and really come up with why, not just because they might be another stock like Fastly or Akamai. You know, I'd rather own Fastly and Akamai. I have to do some more work there. Instead of buying on NAK. Okay, great. Tech Monkey. Um, oh, you have a fantastic weekend too, my friend. Thank you very much. And last question is SpaceX. That's, okay. Um, Mr. Halba, we already talked about NAK, right? So uh, Northern Dynasty. I mean, I got nothing else to say there other than it's a metal stock and these stocks are going up, but I don't talk very much about $2 stocks that are small cap in nature. Okay. It's just not my thing. I stay with the big institutional names um, where I have liquidity and confidence in the management team. So nothing wrong with that stock. If you own it, well done, but I'm not going to put it on the armor whiteboard. I'm not going to own it in armor portfolios. Um, SPCE, Matt. SPCE. I don't know, guys. I just can't get behind the whole space travel thing. You know, it just seems like. Look, guys, I, I buy I buy companies. I put companies on my whiteboard that have high margin businesses, high barrier to entry businesses. I can understand the business model that I have confidence in. Um, I don't like to put things on my whiteboard that are. More. Um, the word I'm looking for, um, concept stocks. Now, look, you can make a lot of money in concept stocks. I just don't invest in them. Big mistake, I should have bought Tesla years ago. I thought it was a concept stock. So I make mistakes. I make mistakes, and this thing could go through the roof for all I know. But it just doesn't fit what I'm comfortable investing in. Okay? So... That's my thought there. It's, and please don't let me keep you out of it. If it's something that you like, the chart looks great. You know, it's had a nice consolidation. It's trying to break out again. It's just not my thing. AAXN. All right. AAXN. What time have we got here? Um, we're kind of done. All right. AAXN. This will be the last one. I've looked at this before. There was a lot of hype around this when we started out with all this political unrest around the country um, because these guys make body cameras for police. But at the same time, you're dealing with the cross current of police being defunded. So um, it's going to be hard to see a lot of police stations and a lot of municipalities spending a lot of money on technology <clears throat> if they're being defunded, right? Which is just an example of how stupid it is to defund police, the stupidity of that movement. Don't even get me started on it, okay? But 
when it comes to AAXN, there's a company where you'd want the police forces to change. You want them to evolve. You want them to understand their community, right? I'm all for that. And one way you'd want to do it is to use body cameras like this, right? Um, and to use tasers more instead of guns, right? That would all be great. But if you're going through a process where cities are defunding police, how are they going to spend money on this tech? I just don't know. And that's kind of where it leaves me right now. I don't know what to do with that chart and that stock. Okay, guys, look, this has been lots of fun as always. I look forward to talking to you guys next week. I'll see the Armor Insiders in the Slack room Monday morning for the morning meetings. We do them every morning, 830 in the morning, getting ourselves ready for the trading day. Um, if you have interest in being part of that, don't forget you can subscribe right down here, become an Armor Insider and start being part of those morning meetings on Slack. And um, I'll probably be out there on Wednesday chatting with you guys again, doing an armor education video. Not sure what I'm going to do yet. If you have questions you want me to answer about investing for an armor education video, fill up the comment board right down here when this show is over. Okay. And I'll check it throughout the next couple of days and maybe one of those topics I'll use to talk about. All right, guys, have a great weekend.